All right. Good evening and welcome everybody. It is Wednesday night and we are in the School of Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. Um, I am Pastor Lindsay and Lee and I got a new desk. Yay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk some more about Kingdom 101. We're going to talk about the... We're going to talk about whatever Holy Spirit gives us to talk about, actually. If you are in the San Jose area, we are live at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131. I listened to last week's tape, and I actually, after all these years, we've had the exact same phone number for over 20 years. I gave the wrong phone number. So our, <laughs> our telephone number is, four, check me out, people, 408 945 4439. Yeah, I heard that last week. Yeah, good. Church. Crystal typed it. She caught my typo because I actually used the, I gave, given the zip code 95131 yeah. and I used that one at the end of the phone number last week. That is the wrong mm -hmm. number. But hey, if you try to call and you get the wrong number, you can call 411 and they'll tell you because we've been listed forever. We've had this phone number since this ministry started and that's well over 20 years. So oh. we changed some things and some things we just stay the same. All right. Having said all of that, website is www.astoundinglove.org, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the lesson, and we're going to learn, and we're going to hear from the Spirit of God uh, about what He wants to talk to us about. How about that? I agree. Yay. Okay. Lord, we thank you, praise you. There are so many amazing things that you were teaching us as your people. And I am grateful to you. I'm grateful for all of the exposure of our foolishness and our prideful areas. I'm grateful to you for bringing correction in such a way that we become absolutely disgusted with the way that we were. Yes. And we have a great desire to be who you put us here to be. We are truly in a discovery mode, but I believe I speak for many of the people when I say we're not going to quit, we're going to press in and we're going to continue yeah. on. Yes. So I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the faithful. I thank you for those that are hungry and come out physically to this building and those that uh, join us faithfully online or over free conference, whatever the form of media may be. I thank you that long before man ever discovered social media, you had communication, spirit to spirit. And that this is the language, this is the, the frequencies of communication that we want more so than having the right internet connection speed that allows us to very quickly upload pictures. Heaven uploads pictures faster than we do. Heaven knows how to go viral better than we do. You know, everything that man is so impressed with that man does, you've been doing it long before man ever even thought about it. And I know that sometimes there are people that actually pull the ideas out of the spiritual realm and sometimes use them for good and sometimes not. But I pray for the entrepreneurs tonight. I pray for the men and women of vision and those that have a desire to bring forth the technology and to bring forth out of the unseen realm into the scene the ideas, the, the inventions, the businesses, the solutions that mankind needs. So that there's this shift from man trying to do it on his own and everything is broken because of the, of the source, the demonic source. They don't know how to fix anything. 
and make it be something that works well for the benefit of all. I thank you that there is a, a hunger in creation, in mankind, that needs to see the power of God and is asking, is there anybody that knows the God of the Bible? Is there, is there any relevance to the message of the God of the Bible? And who really is this Jesus Christ? And that there are more and more of us all the time that are giving the true witness because we've seen it for ourselves and we have tasted for ourselves and our testimony will ring true, will ring authentically and people will come for truth and despise deception. Yes. I pray that this is what takes place in your body, in the church. That there is simply an end, a cessation to all of the backbiting and the bigotry and the fault finding and the criticisms and the things that we do against one another out of our own insecurities. I pray that the apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers will speak the way Yeshua did. Speak with love. Speak with authority of what you know and not what we think that we know. I pray that all the falsity, the posturing, and the phoniness that has unfortunately been the false face of the body of Yeshua crumples and is destroyed. And that the power of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and your blood and the, the ring of truth that is Holy Spirit takes over is magnified and begin and does the work you sent it to do to change the culture and the face of the ecclesia, the called out body. Whatever you want to say tonight, Holy Spirit, I am excited to hear about it. And I thank you. We praise you before you, we even know in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Holy Spirit that you manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when you pray a prayer like that, and you know we don't write those, then we can only anticipate what it is that he's going to say. I'm going to read some more out of my book. I'm learning the title of my own book because my document says Kingdom 101, Lindsay and Lee, June 2019, for publication. That's the name of the document. But the name of, but the, name of the book is Kingdom 101, and it's, um, isn't that funny? Hold on. Let me actually just go to the top here. I'll tell you what the title of the book. I've said it before, but I have to learn it. Kingdom 101, the supernatural reality of heaven on earth. That's the title. So we're going to look at some more out of this particular book today. And I'm going to talk about, let me see, I got a few things. So I got some stories for you. I have some stories, of course I have stories. We always have stories. Yeah. So one of the stories that I have, I'm, I'm going to stay with the theme, uh, I did not forget, that we were, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation. 
And when Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, in the Passion, Passion, not Passion, <laughs> in the Passion translation says, It is as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, the cloud of witnesses. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path is already has been already marked out for us. Love that. Really love that. This great witnesses. Did I tell you all? I've, I've shared some of my prayer stories in, in the places that I go sometimes. And I really love the fact that I've had glimpses of the cloud of witnesses. And that I recognize that the unseen realm, or realm, as, as some pronounce it, is more real than what this natural eye sees. Make sure you have your ringers off. I have to make sure nobody calls me while I'm teaching. Okay. That the things, the Bible says, the things that are seen or not seen, you know, I'm paraphrasing, are greater. The unseen is greater than the seen. When we talk next week, we'll get probably get more uh, into that again because I, I do want to do more talking from that vein. But he said that while we look on the things that are uh, seen, let me see if I can find this, the one that I want, because there's a couple of them. Um, I'm feeling my way, in case you didn't know that. Not groping exactly, but coming along with this. Here's the scripture that I want. Um, yeah, there's so many. Okay. Listen to Romans 1.20. It says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. What he was saying is, for those that grow up in darkness, the things that God did, they're seen. You have to, you know... He says in Romans 8.24, we're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? And here he, he's, he's really touching on how do I say that, Lord? Tangible versus the intangible. Most of the time what men hope for is what men have created without God. But the hope that we have that works by faith, hey, faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for, is always, it's, you think, well, you're hoping for a new car, a raise, a job, and all of those things. But you're not really hoping for those so much as you wish for it. And these are things that are seen that you can get. But what God is talking about, faith is the substance of things not seen. He's talking about have faith in the words that are spoken to bring into the seen realm the picture of the words. They talk about world peace. Well, we don't want world peace. 
the world, the peace that the world has, Jesus said, I don't give that to you. If you want peace, ask for the spirit of peace, the peace that goes beyond the understanding of humanity, but guards them, settles their mind, calms them, and changes the circumstances. Peace that is not seen, but that can be brought into the sea when we go to the right source, the spirit of peace, not the spirit of the world. Are you with me? Okay, we're going somewhere. So as it is written, 1 Corinthians 2.9, yeah, um, I couldn't repeat it for you if I wanted to. But I was re reading Romans 8.24, we're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? And when he said that, this word hope here is the word elpis, which means um, expectation or, or confident expectation of evil or fear or expectation of good and hope. And have you ever heard anybody use, um, you pray and say, okay, by faith we receive it, and said, do you receive that? They go, well, I hope it works. Well, then, therefore, it wasn't spirit. Yeah, go ahead. So in your example of world peace, and you said ask for the spirit of peace, is spirit the substance? It's person. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as uh, I uh, give, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. He is peace. Shalom is what I give you. The world can't give you that. The nothing missing, nothing broken sword that fights for you quenches the darts of the adversary and protects you, surrounds you, as Philippians says, the peace of God that mounts guard and garrisons you about. <clears throat> protects you, the peace of God, the peacekeeper. You know, they talk about the peace, peace, peace of it all, but understand, peace means that you, are, that you defeat the ones that were coming against you. When people say they want peace in the world, a lot of times all they mean is, we don't want to fight. I just want to keep the peace. Well, no, he says, no, I want to annihilate the enemy so that there's no longer a threat against your peace. Totally different. Yes. So I'm not giving you what the, that little namby-pamby what the world gives you stuff because it's not going to last. We're at peace when we're in our house, and then as soon as we leave, oh, all chaos, all hell broke loose. But when you have, you know, they'll say that. But when you have the peace of God, it doesn't matter what kind of chaos is around you. That peace goes in there and changes the atmosphere. Aren't you agitated? Aren't you scared? We're going to die. We're, gonna, we're not going to die. We're going to live. Well, what makes you say that? Paul said this, we're going to die, we're going to die, shipwreck, right? Book of Acts. And they're all like, save yourselves, you know, get in the ship, do this. And Paul said, see, peace was there. 
I'm not going to die. There stands by me the angel of the Lord, who let it be known that I have to go before Caesar. None that stay on this boat will be lost. But if they try to go cut the ropes, nobody gets off. The ship's not going to make it, but we're going to make it. He had such peace about that. I'll give you a better example, uh, or a, 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 that is a great example, but um, a relevant example, I was sharing with Crystal today. I, I've been experiencing this challenge in a business transaction, and I mean to tell you it's been about two months to the day. Today, tomorrow's the 6th. It'll be two months to the day tomorrow where payment was promised for something and this was supposed to happen and the contract was agreed upon and the bid was oh, the bid was accepted, the contract was agreed upon and this would happen and this happened and, and everything seems to just be going along. We got the start date, we got this, we got that and then all of a sudden the money didn't, the money's supposed to be there to get going and uh, it didn't come. And then this happened and then they're like, okay, well it's supposed to be this and I'm out of state, I'm here. So I'm, I'm working with, with the team and um, my part was to take care of some of the paperwork and whatever. And so it's like, okay, so we're going to do this. Well, it kept getting delayed. Now, here's my, here's my mistake. My mistake was that I knew what I was supposed to be paid. And so I had expectation based upon what man said. So when man got into a lather about it and... and and man, because of all the extenuating circumstances behind the bank rolling of this particular project and all this stuff, then I started getting agitated, stressed a little bit. I had to keep pushing back, go, no, no, no. Then I saw my mistakes. I was like, Lord, I just changed my source. Man became my source instead of you staying my source. So I had to correct some things on the inside of me. Now, I pray every Monday, pretty much every Monday night, the Bloodline Cleansing Team, we pray together. And we, we intercede for you guys. We, you know, like every other prayer call in this ministry uh, gathering, it, it, you have a, a basic reason why you do it. Like our, our call um, is exclusive in the sense that because we talk about the clients, and we either discuss what went right and what went wrong in the last bloodline cleanse. We talk about the strategies and then what we do is we work within ourselves to go, what are our areas of weakness and what is it that we need to do? And that's why it is a private team call because I'm not going to expose to everybody some of the things that we talk about that we keep within among ourselves. But because we're who we are, there's also those moments of intercession and we'll have like, let's pray for this or, or that or, or whatever. And always, always in that, we have to keep ourselves in a place of repentance and, and so forth. So I had brought this issue to them, had to repent about my attitude about certain people and think about this and I was getting jaded. And I mean, I mean, it was quick, very quick to be able to get a very bad attitude about it, but we kept fighting it. And because of this particular environment that we created on this prayer call, there is, it's not just transparency, it's, it's also, as they've gotten uh, over a certain reluctance, there's a lot more direct communication. You see, because in that moment, we are sisters in the Lord that are coming together. We're a team, and we're addressing 
we're addressing what we need to. And if you see a fault, it's like, listen, I don't care if you're a fossil prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever. If you got toilet paper hanging from the back of your pants or your shirt, don't you want somebody to tell you? Well, that's what we do. You got toilet paper coming out of your shirt or you got a friendly in your nose. Tell me. Don't let me sit up here in front of people with something hanging. That's just wrong. But you love me? You look good at this, except for that little. <laughs> that's the kind of exposure I'm referring to. I, he says, that just woke everybody up. Did she really say that? Yes, I did. Yes. Toilet paper or whatever. Okay. So um, I brought it to them and we interceded and we prayed and it looked like, okay, it's coming through. This is about a month ago. And I was here to tell you, okay, so a month ago, then they go, okay, we promise it's going to, so week after week, yes, you get it on Monday. Well, not Monday, but Wednesday. You're going to get it on, it's a week after week after week. And so, of course, we have a lean against certain things. And there's just all kinds of stuff that goes on, right? I learned about this stuff as I come, as I go. So if I sound knowledgeable, it's recent education. <laughs> it's very recent education. It's like, you can do that, right? Kind of stuff like that. I'd never seen anything like this before. And so it's new industry for me. And so um, finally, it got to a place where they're like, all right, you're, you're really going to get it. Yeah, sure, I've heard that before. No, seriously, it's coming. Yeah, I've heard that before. Um, okay, no, that's the wrong attitude. God, forgive me. I don't, I'm okay. Okay, you cannot get a faith thing happening with that attitude. This is wrong. I need to repent. And I'm telling Crystal, but Crystal's been going with it on me so long. It's like, Crystal got to repent before I can even tell her anything. You know, so, you know, then I try to talk to Diana and they're like, ah, uh, yeah, okay, everybody needs to repent. This is wrong, people. This is wrong, right? So we had to really get our attitudes. Well, to make a long story short, uh, I got word last week, they're really sending it. It's like, I didn't say anything. I just listened. And I'm like, don't you dare have a bad attitude. You've just spent an hour repenting. You know, at some point, there was an hour in there somewhere. Where I was. <laughs> so, I was so, no, seriously, it's, it's really happening check your text messages, and I got the message that just said, okay, I said, yeah, I've seen that message before, too. No, seriously, this is happening. And I, and I realize on the inside, there's got to be a moment when you switch from your natural eye to remembering what you spoke and asked the Lord to do and getting in agreement with what you and God talked about or what you talked about, and you maybe didn't listen to God enough to realize that he's like, that's communicating with me. And yes, I will work, you know, I do that. Because sometimes, some of the conversations you have with God, they're outside of his pay grade. He doesn't, he don't do things like the things we're talking about. And he's like, why are you asking me? See what I mean? So anyway, I got myself uh, together and I said, I believe you. So <laughs> they said it was coming Monday. Monday came, you know, my faith was not high. I was back to world hope. I hope it works. But I, you know, listen, let's just get real straight. I hope it works, but I ain't seen nothing that would give me reason to think that this is going to work. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate in faith one more time. Skepticism is not faith. Faith is faith. 
okay? And evidently I'm telling this story and I'm stretching it out a little bit because I'm getting home with a lot of you. And that's what we do here. <laughs> so Monday, I get a call or a message. They said, <laughs> they said that we were supposed to be able to pick up, you know, supposed to be able to pick it up or something like that. And um, so my business partner gets this message that says, um, you should receive the check, this is Monday, tomorrow <laughs> at your office. And I, this is the worst attitude, and partner, if you're watching here, I just want you to see. And I thought to myself, of course. <laughs> of course that's what they say. So I wrote back, so is that the old, hey friend, the check is in the mail statement? And the response back, one word, no. <laughs> is this construction project management? Of course. <laughs> this, is, this is typical. Very oh, typical, thank oh. you. See, she, she, she was able to guess it. Now, <laughs> she got, ask me, that, ask me that stuff offline. <laughs> it's typical, it is typical, I learned quick. Okay, so. Guess what happened on Tuesday? The check came. The check came. Yes. Wow. yes. So, <laughs> so you take the check to the bank, and what happens? Hold, please. Hold, please. Which is why tomorrow will be two months to the day. It's funded. But there were rise and falls. Now, here's my point. I said all that to say this. I'm talking about hope. So I share this because I, I have had things that I needed to, to pay. And like I said, it's like, okay, I got to get off of the, I'm going to pay y'all as soon as Wimpy pays me back for the hamburger that he borrowed, that he got. Because Tuesday's coming. Wimpy going to pay me. And when Wimpy pays me, then I'll pay you. If you watch Popeye, you understood that reference. Because, right, because I bought Wimpy a hamburger, on, and he said he paid me on Tuesday. Well, then he said, oh, I didn't mean this Tuesday. I meant the other Tuesday. And so Wimpy has kept me on his Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday until finally the Tuesday arrived where the check showed up on a Tuesday. Go figure, right? <laughs> so I, I promised all these people, and then I had to get back to Lord forgive me because... Whether that check shows up or not, you can afford it. And I need to put my hope in you. If I put my hope in the world, it's based on my emotions. When I put my hope in God, it's based on trust in who he is. It automatically moves from a natural expectation to a supernatural expectation. And that's what I had to do. Now it didn't, it, here's where it kicked in. I'm talking to my mom, AKA Dr. Baker, but I was talking to my mom. And I had, we had taken care of another business transaction and she said to me, did you get the money? 
<laughs> I've told her nothing because I felt like until I got the proof, ain't no, there's, it's just talk. And I'm very careful about things like that. The only people I can fight it in is the prayer team because Lord knows we've had to pray and pray and, and change attitudes and repent and apologize in the spirit realm and do all kinds of stuff because this is a larger, you know, this is, this is something that it's really breakthrough for everybody. And so I said to her, no, not till tomorrow. And then I go, what did I say that for? She says, what? Because she's already sent it. And I was like, oh, what many, I said, this, this is comedy. What many are you talking about? She said, what many are you talking about? <laughs> It's like, I asked you first. She said, this such and such. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's done. Well, what money are you talking about? Never mind. You know, I do work. It's just payment that's supposed to come. But, you know. And uh, then I just started laughing. I said, okay, let me just tell you about it. And as I shared with her, because down the pipeline, people had been missed, had been uh maligning characters and saying these different things. I was like, look, I done prayed through that already. So I'm not in agreement with any negatives, right? And so I had gotten off the phone, but I had no explanation for her. But I knew there's a timing for Lord, and I knew the time was right. So I told her, okay, here's what I'm talking about. She said, oh, in the name of Jesus, blah, 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 and she, that will come and it will not be hindered and so forth. And I had such peace. I have no doubt whatsoever that what's supposed to happen on the morrow happens. Amen. Because when I heard the apostle, it was my mother I talked to, but when my apostle kicked into gear, I said, you can write a check on that, Jack. <laughs> I'm serious. Whatever hindrances there might have been, the apostolic voice of God has just spoken. I have no doubt. But I, it's not because of what man says, but what I heard God say through her. That's a supernatural release. That's the difference between peace, what, what God's peace, and hope in God, versus, as the woman just said, in a certain industry, I hope it works. <laughs> they say, well, we sent the invoice, and here's what you do. <laughs> That's not faith, okay? Did you send it yet? Did you get a receipt back in the email? Uh-huh. You think they got it? Probably. Now what? Now we go bid on something else. <laughs> because that's the nature of, of what you have to do. So there was an interesting story. If anybody has any questions, then you know, feel free to ask them and, and all that. Um, the producers for tonight, I never did mention this, are Alfred Walthall on the board and Diana Cardaway is on the framing of my face and stuff and Crystal Kemp is a hairstylist and um, she's uh, monitoring I think the comments on, um, on well she is now but she'll be monitoring the comments on Periscope so if anybody has any questions or whatever you can text Crystal or Diana or uh, Alfred okay so there's that so any comments any questions before I go into the next part no. Armida will talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that that's really fun. And let me say this too. I love I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. 
it's, you know, it's like, man, one of these days I get to go out there and check out a site. And I said, and I want a pink hat. No, everybody would know that about me, you know, because that'll come later with it as you, as you start up. And we're really blessed that on the first bid that we got it. And it's very, you know, it's a nice contract. And we've gotten a few more besides that. And it looks like, uh, well, this is a relationship with, with this particular company that opens up a whole lot of, of, of things. So you have to, obedience is a part of it. And I think, too, that over that two-month period of time, that, yes, there's the natural delays, but there's also the fact that when you are not in alignment with God and you're asking God to bring something to pass, then it just makes sense to me that we have to get into alignment with the one who we're looking to answer the prayer. If you want God to do what he's going to do, then we, we come, you know, it's like, well then, line up with how he says things are done. Upright, holy, righteous, in good standing. You seek obedience because he defines it. It's not to make him do, it's what legally allows him to get it to us. Religion says you obey God because if you don't, he'll beat you down with a ball ping hammer and a lightning bolt. Religion says you must obey God or he will give you nothing. But when you understand about the kingdom of God and the courts of heaven, you understand that obedience is a very loud voice. That it is, it testifies, it speaks to the power of the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus was shed in obedience, willing sacrifice, but obedience to the Father to be able, the commitment to be able to see it through even to the agony of the cross. We don't have a clue what he went through, okay? I know how I get if I just drop something, if you just try to cut my finger just a little bit. I might you talk about my coming about my coming toward my hands. I'm very sensitive about stuff like that, okay? So for what Jesus to to have endured is is well beyond my natural understanding. Spirit understanding. I, I still I, I can see and hear, but I will never understand to the full, though I will have all eternity, the depth of his love for us and for his father was love of the Father, and it was the desire to, I say it this way, to give the Father what pleased him. It pleased the Father, remember the scripture says it pleased the Father for him to, to endure the cross, and, and, and it, it pleased the Father for Jesus to make that sacrifice, because the Father want, knew that he would get his son back. And he would get all of his children too. So it pleased God to bruise him. It pleased him. And Jesus, Yeshua, knew this. And remember we learned last week, what was his whole motivation in everything that he did? It was to please the Father. And so when we start changing the way that we think about the things that the Father requires of us and understand that obedience is necessary so that it can shut down the demonic um, 
pestering and the things that the, that, that the devil and his crowd do in order to block us from hearing from God. You with me? Yes. See, in, in, the, uh, in the courts of, that's when we talk about in the courts of heaven, and I'm going to look something up here. In the courts of heaven, everything is all about, <laughs> it's always about accusations. It's always about why would you be able to give them this because your word says that you know that you require this and they're not doing this he's always looking for satan is always looking for reasons to block god from being the good god that he is he's always looking for reasons to have us exchange true hope and true faith into wishes and and, and uh, mutterings and, and, and anything and everything that, that speaks to the demonic realm instead of in the, in the kingdom realm. Are you with me so far? All right. So in this chapter of the book, let's see, last week, what did I talk about? Anybody have any questions before I go on? Okay. We'll raise some then. I'm still looking at Hebrews 12. And how that scripture talks about the wounds that so easily pierce us that are connected to the sins. I've had much exposure in the last couple of weeks because of this desire to get rid of these wounds. To realize that in so many areas of my life, the wounds had created a picture and created a way of seeing that was deceptive. And that I had behaviors that kept me in chronic disobedience to God. All the time like King Saul in 1 Samuel 15, I believe it is, where he had his own form of obedience. And he felt like, well, this should I'm obeying God because I'm doing what I believe is acceptable. I'm doing what I believe is what God wants. I believe that... This behavior, this, you know, killing this many, but leaving the, the sheep and the goats and the, and the king and, 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 you know, the spoils. God said utterly destroy the enemy, but nah, I utterly destroyed everything that we don't want, but we kept these things. But that's not what God said. Well, it should be okay with God. because I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it, so it should be okay with God. And that's the type of deception that I walked in. For me specifically, it wasn't in every area of my life, but it was in a very key area, which is my physical health. I am blessed with most tremendously great health. I, over all the years that I have lived this earth and much of my life, see, here's where the curse came into it. I've been overweight. And one day I'd ask the Lord, why? And then I started praying. And you know that when I go after something, it's, it's a very different kind of prayer from the other. It's very focused. And as I did, I started to see some things. Well, I didn't know I was going to get into this. Um, let me interrupt myself. Um, most likely next week, in the month of June, Judge Connie's going to join me either at this desk or at the table that we use, also use. And we're going to talk about how to build a case or the beginnings of building a case when you're going into the courts of heaven. And this is really going to be designed towards how you can do this for yourself. It's a different type of court from what we do in bloodline cleansing, though you can do some of that for yourself as well. So stay tuned for that because that's coming up in a broadcast very soon, it, it, next week or the week after at the latest, okay? Um, 
But at any rate, I said that because this was my first venture into the courts of heaven. And we had uh, Prophet Beverly Watkins, she's a seer prophet, uh, Beverly Watkins was in town. And I really, we were just meeting or getting to know her, but uh, I had been listening to her teachings and, and a whole lot of that because she really knows, she knows this, of these courts. And so she, along with Apostle Henderson, Robert Henderson, I'm listening and learning. And I had this day that I prayed and I asked the Lord, I said, why am I still overweight? Because it had really hit me. It has been all my life. All my life. Okay? And it's like, why? What is this about? So as I started praying, I started seeing. Now I have had, I have an interesting experience with the seer gift. Because you see, I had been seeing all along, but I didn't know that that was what it was because I compared the way that I see in the supernatural realm to the way others would, would say that they see. They saw these angels and they saw this and, and, and they saw that. And so I thought, well, if that's what they're seeing, then I'm not seeing. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping I can find what I'm looking for here. So I, I didn't think that I was seeing anything. Um, but I saw that day. And what I saw started really getting my attention because I'm like, okay, this is, this is weird. And I'm not going to go into it all. I, well, I am. I'm going to read a little bit of it. This is the 5th of May in 2016. So this is three years. And this is very important. We'll talk about a little bit of this maybe that day. Um, this happened to me three years ago, last month. But you can, you can see and you can get a message from God, but if you don't do what you're supposed to do, when you get the legal right, if you don't contend for the prophetic, you don't get the results that you're looking for. And this is where the obedience comes in and the hearing God and not being deceived and asking the Spirit of God to expose everything in us that is where we're, where we're deceived. Sometimes it's as simple as thinking that you can always act a certain way and say the exact same things and everybody just is going to have to get used to it, but you're in the wrong with God. It's not even being in the wrong with people. If you're in the wrong with God, you, you either right with the wrong people or you're wrong with the right people. <laughs> but you're not in alignment the way you should be. And so I learned that another thing, when it says contending for a prophecy, contending for a word, Contending, which is what Paul told Timothy, when you contend for the prophetic, you have to, we have to stay with it. We don't get to give up on it uh, because we get tired or, we, or because we don't naturally see something happen. You don't see the natural, you don't see the natural manifestation until you go after what you see spiritually. It always, it's, it's what I see in the spirit, in the unseen realm that is going to be seen in this realm. If I pursue him to uh, his strategies and his way of seeing things, there's nothing. I don't care if it's drunk, uh, disorderly, 
drugged out, uh, tricked out, all of the horrible things that are happening in the earth. I don't, I, I don't care how heinous, how horrid people make it sound. It is not greater than the word of God and the power of God. The issue has been that his people have tried to use earthly, worldly weapons and methods and strategies to, to strike down a principality or a demonic ruler. Yes, man has authority over it, but if it has a legal right to be there, you got to get rid of that, and then we bring it down. And you'll be seeing a lot of that happening through this ministry in the days to come. All right. So, you with me so far? That's the backstory, and I'll just keep going. So what I said is, this was 5th of May, 2016, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was in my living room, in this chair that is now in my office. And I was there, and I remember sitting in that chair, and I started to pray. And I started to cry. This is what I was having. Because I was like, it was the first time in my life I wanted to know the answer. Most of the time when you ask a question, you answer it. Oh, the reason is because this, and the reason is because this, and we have all of these, it's like this unteachable spirit that comes along to say, I want to block you from ever getting God's insight into your situation. So I'm going to help you to answer the question that you just asked without the wisdom of God. And did we just strike a nerve there? Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you done it? I have too. All, much of the time. And so this day, this fifth day of May, my cousin's birthday, um, I wanted to know, what is this about? Because suddenly I was thinking about how old I was at the time. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. My whole life, childhood, adolescence, Young adulthood, married time, up to now. What is this about? So I said, I was praying in tongues in honor of our instructions from the Lord. Oh, okay. So the instructions were, and I've taught this before, and if not, here it is. Focused prayer. We talk about focused prayer. What is focused prayer, Pastor Lindsay? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay. Focused prayer is praying in tongues, praying in the spirit about a specific situation and looking and thinking only of it. You know how you, those of you that pray in other tongues, pray in the spirit, your mind will wander and you'll be thinking about, I gotta brush my teeth, maybe I'll have a chocolate milkshake when this is done, and oh man, the phone rang, this is uncomfortable, I shouldn't have done this, I've been praying what? It's been a long time, two minutes have gone by, oh my God, how long am I gonna have to do this? You know, that's kind of stuff. Well, you're not in the spirit, you're just talking in tongues at that point. But when you pray in, 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 in the, with a focused prayer, it's like, I want your answer, or I'm praying about this specifically because it's what you have put on my heart. If I want to pray about a, a situation with somebody's family member, and they say to me, would you pray for them? And when it's, when it's that moment to do it, it's like, okay, then I'm going to speak what you want to say. And I'll think only about that family member. 
get ready. When we do that kind of thing, because I, I don't have superpowers. Yes, I do. I do have superpowers. And, uh, and that's exercising them. But many of you do too. This is the superpower at work. You focus on what God wants to focus on, and you will see God's results. Write it down. You focus on what God wants to focus on, you will see God's results. Because that's what he wants to see. What did he say to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1? I hasten over my word to perform it. You say what I want to say. I'm going to make it happen. I will bring, I'll bring it out of the unseen. Because what, when, when we pray, I, I, I'm just, we're having all these nuggets tonight, okay? It's nug, chicken and nugget night. No chicken. Okay, nugget. <laughs> when we pray, focus prayer, when we pray and intercede in other tongues, we're praying what the Spirit wants to pray. Romans says that the Spirit himself maketh um, intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered or the words that he gives us. When you focus on what God wants to focus on, God has, it's not a solution that God is all of a sudden going to create. Oh, we're going to just, oh, all of a sudden just, it just seems like, no. You and I are praying from the unseen realm, the picture that has already been put into place. And what we're doing in the spirit is bringing it from the place where only we and God and all everybody up in heaven sees. To bring it out through the portal, bring it through into the place where it will be seen in the earth. It's not something God is suddenly creating. It's what he created from the beginning. That the life got short-circuited, short, short -circuited, the direction went wrong, and the person is, you personally, or whatever, are off track. How do I get them back on track? Well, let me show you what it really looks like. And all of those prayers, all of those things, those things, it comes from a deep, place in the spirit will begin to, it's like pulling on something. Um, not a tug of war, but a, it's, it's a big thing. Hold on. It's a big thing. And you're pulling it, pulling it in the spirit, pulling it in the spirit. Keep looking at it. Why? Because the more I focus on it, if you remember your quantum physics, okay, all of a sudden it's like the, this law of observation. I see it. And so since I see it, I can, it's, it's become real and I can bring it into this realm. You got me? Mm -hmm. We'll go over that again. There's a question. Yeah. You need the mic on, love. You need, I need water. Thank you, Diana. Um, so... Would that be from from the spiritual, seeing it in the spiritual realm to actually giving birth to it for mm -hmm. the world to see? Yes, that that's what we call it, birthing it in the spirit. Yes, because what you're doing, you have um, you have children, so you see them living whatever, and and some of it is good, and some of it's catawampus, <laughs> and it's like okay, you as a parent. We as parents, we have our own ideas of how our Barbie and Ken dolls are supposed to be. You know, we had our little dollies and stuff, and we, you know, we, we imagined the things, but much of our imagining is limited to our, what we think is possible, which is typically less than what God says is possible. 
But then one day you say, listen, I really want to pray for this child or this, this spouse um, or myself. Because the, I, I think personally, we really want to start to get this stuff working. Why don't we start with the person that we look at in the mirror? You bring that one in, you know, you had a lot of folks coming through, right? And let's face it, we got some good raw material to work with. <laughs> you personally, me personally, that's good raw material right there. This would be good right here. Because change with God sculpting on us is going to rock the world. So I'm starting with myself. So you're focusing, like what I'm going to share here, and you're focusing in the spirit realm. And you, keep, you see this picture. You see yourself as a, a certain age. You see yourself when, uh, you know, the, the first time you had the dream about something that has since been put on the back border, burner or cut off completely because somebody told you it wasn't possible. You know, that kind of stuff. The dream of yourself that was beyond what you became thus far. Uh, Dr. Baker, you touched on this Judge Connie last night in the sense of, hey, what you started with in the ambition and so forth got you to that place, but now the spirit shows you, hey, you went through all of that. You got that particular education. You had that bent towards this thing for this time because that is all backstory to where you now can pray and intercede and bring yourself into the now you. Which most of us are, are uh, most of us are perpendicular to our direction. Is that right? So you're going this way, but you're like that. Because you're in the process of turning around. Well, it would help a whole lot if we would speak in the spirit what God is saying about us to get rid of the surliness and the childishness and the stupidity, um, the bitterness and the, you know, just the big pile of <laughs> poopy. Demon poopy. <laughs> that we seem to, don't put it in a jar and carry it like a specimen. It's supposed to be flushed. I was never a nurse or a doctor, but I've been a mom, okay? <laughs> Um, go ahead. So our imagination um, is uh, usually consumed in the natural, mm -hmm. but we also have like a spiritual imagination that that um, will take us into that unseen realm. The imagination that you have. You get it cleansed by the Spirit, sanctified, get rid of all of the debris. The imagination came from God. Because it's, I call it, my, my, my breakdown of it, Dr. Baker has one way of saying it, the imagination, I think she says. And for me, it's been image creation. Well, creation is God. And that was something he gave, you know, to me to explain it, is the image creation. Create the image that you see. That's not the same as along the lines of vision. Vision is a part of it, sure, because vision is, is but it's, it's really, I'm going to say it this way, Holy Spirit directed vision. It has to be, 
Okay, we've awakened something in here. It has to be. He gave me a picture. What did the picture consist of? Words. Words. It's always always words create pictures. Otherwise, how do you describe the picture? What do you use to describe the picture? Words. So it's spirit directed vision. The vision it says to do what with it? Write it down so that the people that read it can run with it because if you write the vision, then it creates a, come on, picture. Some people like to use the dog, big black dog thing like that, but I, I, I prefer something else. They shoes. Red shoes. <laughs> or car. Luxury car. Woo! You get a picture. You get, yeah, you get a picture. Paid in full luxury car. And people's heads hurt. <laughs> I got another question. Pass the mic. So, um, okay, say, so God gives you a vision. Bring her up. Hold on to you. You're too low for me. Okay, so God gives you a vision. Yes. And you can see it. Mm -hmm. Then you uh, write, then you write it down. Okay. Okay, so... Does it work both ways? Because you, you're seeing the picture that God is giving you. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to write it down and put words to it. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But there's also where you, is there a time where you actually, you have to see it first to even write it, right? I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, you see it, but sometimes you don't see it as you write it. There are some people that they're visual. They'll see it first, and then they write down what they see. Mm -hmm. There are other people that as they're praying, I'm one of these, this other type of person. I'll be praying in the spirit, and I'll write. I will write the interpretation of what I'm praying when he gives, he's giving me an interpretation. I'm writing the vision before I, and then as I, as I write it, as the words start to show, there's something about a, a pen in hand and a piece of paper. It's an extension of, of, it's not typing at this point, but it's, which I have done, I've also typed. But when I'm writing it, I'm releasing out of me this picture. Now let me go with, this, with the secondary part of that. Uh, I sound like I faded out, am I okay? I can Okay. Here's the second part of that. When I get the picture, if I have it first, because some people, the vision comes in a dream, and they'll awaken, with their dream um, journal. If you don't have one and you dream a lot, you should. And they'll start to write the dream. And as they start to write, more of the dream will come. You try to do it pretty quick. Don't think I'm gonna remember it later. If you don't have time to write it, then I say get the recording app off of your phone and speak it. But you need to record it in some manner of speaking, whether it's written down or uh, verbally, because the picture is in those words. And then what happens, uh, for those of you that are uh, watching this, the mic fell on the floor. 
Okay. <laughs> it won't happen again. Okay. So then what happens is I look at what is written and I go and talk to God, the giver of the vision, about it. I speak to him in my understanding and then I speak to him in the language of the spirit because it's the language of the spirit that helps to bring it into this place. Why? Because your personal native language vocabulary does not have all the words necessary to create the picture. We're speaking all the different languages of the earth as well as the language of heaven. And when I want to bring a heaven thing into earth, I need to speak heaven's words, which will translate into what is seen. This is a supernatural process, right? I've started saying process. Don't ask why I think I've been watching too much Canadian TV. Okay. <laughs> I like it, though. Anyway, in German TV, I started saying era instead of era. So if you hear those things, yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's fun stuff for me. All right. But it's bringing... Now, let, let's just stay with ourselves. Let me read this. I'll come back to that. Then I'm going to read something else, and we'll come back to that in our last uh, half of time. And if anybody has questions online, uh, I think they're beating you to the punch in here. So I said, I was praying in tongues in honor of our instructions from the Lord. And again, that was the focus prayer. That's how we got to that. I was focusing on overcoming in order to release his sound. That was what my purpose was. And I saw something. I wept bitter tears as I saw myself and the fat that has been on my body. The phrase, all of my life, arose in my mind as I saw this, and I kept praying. So that's how it happened. It wasn't that I went to him with it, but I did ask that question during that period of time. But really, it was I was like, okay, I'm going to do focus prayer. And I think what had happened is right around that period of time, I had read this in a book, and I thought, hey, this is interesting. And so I did what I do. If I haven't recruited you yet, I do on occasion. I'll recruit certain people and go, hey, would you like to try something with me? Because I could just do it all by myself. I have some great ideas. But I think it's more fun to do it with people. So I had sent out this information to people and said, read this, and then listen for the instructions, and this is what we're going to do. And I don't actually know whoever did it, because come to think of it, it was like, okay, it was three years ago. Did anybody do it? <laughs> if you did, what happened? <laughs> this is my story. All right. <laughs> and I said, the phrase, all of my life, arose in my mind as I saw this, and I kept praying. My language changed. It was like the moaning and muttering of an old crumb, a wrinkled old woman stirring over a pot. I saw it. And I also started speaking in a tongue that I knew was ancient. Okay, which told me, and then Prophet, uh, 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 prophet Seer Beverly, or Seer Prophet Beverly then told me what I was seeing. What I was actually seeing in this realm of the spirit, and I'm not going to go into all this, but I was seeing where the sorcery and the witchcraft had been running through my family line. And most people in their family line, there is, uh, you know, uh, I don't care what your skin tone is, there is some ancient, whether it's Macedonian or this one or that one or whatever, there probably is something like that. He wasn't showing it to me 
um, for me to have to go through all of my family history. He was showing me a spiritual origin that would take a spiritual truth to demolish. So this was not repenting and having to go all the way back and do all this kind of stuff. Because as soon as he shows it to you, he also tells you what to do. And what I did, um, I kept weeping. And the words from Luke 13 about the woman bowed over for 18 years came to mind. And I ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. The Hebrew word, I don't know if you know this or not, for the number 18, comes from a root word that means plump or fat. It does. The Greek word bound in this verse speaks of being put under obligation of the law. So there was a legal reason, is what he told me. And so I typed all this stuff up. And I sent it to Dr. Baker, and I sent it to, you know, and Beverly was there at the time, and they read it, and Beverly says, oh, yeah, that's this, you know. I love her, how she is, you know. She says, okay, so you have to, you know, there's a cause, and you're going to have to go into the court. So she taught me, basically. That's how I ended up going in. And so what I also understand is that as, as I read through this, I have some unfinished work here. Is the weight coming off? Yes, and you all know this. But... Even with the this and this and this, what I'm learning is that if you don't want to struggle, then overcome. Anything you're struggling with is because we haven't used the grace that is available to us to overcome. Peace destroys the enemy so that it cannot breach. You understand? God's peace does not take prisoners or make friends with the adversary. To, to him, his version of peace is to wipe them out. Get rid of the demonic thing. And I have not, personally, this is where I am right now, this is where, where I am in my own life, and I obviously many of you are, else we would not be chatting about this because we got lots of stuff we could talk about. But much of what is happening, and I've seen it in this house, and so I'm speaking now pastorally, this is one of the things that we can do in this house is to press in and get rid of this crap. Stuff, junk, trash, demonic debris. <laughs> Go ahead. So that's not true what the world says about making peace with things that, um, that are obstacles in your life or issues in your life. How does it sound to you based on what we just talked about right now? It never sounded good. Yeah. But now yeah. it really sounds weak. Yeah, it has an under, uh, undertone of poop. It smells a little pooey. Why do you make peace with the devil? I don't get that. And you, well, I can't climb the mountain, so I'm just going to be friends with it. I, and I've heard many people say this. I, I have heard this, and you've heard too. 
I have done every diet on the planet and nothing works. Therefore, I've just decided to accept myself as fat. I'm fat and that's just the way it's going to be. I will not go down with that shit. <laughs> that is not my story. And I'm not going down on the broke ship. Okay? I'm not going down on the failure sales. If it says mediocrity, keep it. I don't want it. Because that's what it says. Why don't you just accept that there are some things you cannot overcome? If it's the devil, I can. Kind of like that saying where you're a lot of... You should just sit up there with them. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot of, oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the way that they, certain people accept it. Sure, that it's, is it's beautiful. It is a mistake. <laughs> when you cook a steak, you want that fat because that sizzle is a happening thing. But I read a scripture in Leviticus that it said the fat belongs to God. I said, well, then you can have this. <laughs> okay, so for the people watching. This is so not acceptable to society. I'm sitting here talking about fat. <laughs> I'm talking about a lot of things besides that. I am talking about overcoming. And so when I read this, um, the scripture says, um, I, I said, it, you know, because I was told, ask the Lord to come to court. I have a desire to be free and a purpose and destiny, and it's my desire to fulfill it. I have a command from the Lord. I do. I seriously have a command from the Lord, and this is the year that it will be it will be seen. Okay, to get the weight off the excess weight off of my body. God told me to do this. Well, listen. When God tells you to do something, can I give you a shortcut? Yes. Don't go running off trying to do it without Him. Hello. The Lord told me to do it. Did you stop by for the instructions? No. Did you get the strategy from Him? No. Okay, you're gonna fail. Even if you get something uh, built, it's not. It's gonna cause you a lot of problems because you got the plan that you thought was great. You didn't get the one that he meant for you to have. You know, when he told Noah to build an ark, Noah was smart enough to go. Well, I don't know what an ark is. You know what an ark is? Yeah. Well, then if you show me what an ark is, I can build it. But I'm. I think we just need to understand that every time God tells us to do something, we're building an ark, and you don't know what an ark is. Well, that was a real big revelation right there. I take it. I take it. Okay. So it said, David said, and so I do, I have a command from the Lord to get the weight off of my body. I can't obey you without your help. Now, I said it, but I forgot it. I'm going to help you, Lord. It doesn't work. All right. Just as David said in Psalm 18, verse 17, my enemy is too strong for me. Whether it's excess weight. Oh, sure, in your 20s, you can go fast for a couple of weeks, take some illegal substance, and um, get the weight off. 
But if you didn't deal with the internal or if there's a legal right to keep it, then you're going to blow up like a balloon and you're going to have all these other little circumstances. And it's not necessarily overweight. It can be money. It can be, it's everything that we face in the natural, in our lives. But the areas where you struggle, the wound that has pierced you, where you are still fighting and you're, all your emotions are wrapped around it, like me. I became uber sensitive and my feelings got easily hurt and I was insecure and all that stuff. And it was wrapped around fat. Because they called me that as a child, and this, and that, and this, and this, and this, and this. So there's always something there, because it didn't get rid of the wound that so easily pierces. Okay, I'm going to have lots of questions. You can write to us, you can hit that button. Okay. But David said, my enemy is too strong for me. Because in my natural ability, I can do the natural things. To change the natural issues that are actually demonically inspired, which means that it is a demonic supernatural issue. And if it's in the world and of the world, it's demonically inspired, it is uh, connected to a demon spirit. It's always, in that sense, a struggle is always, there's always a spiritual root. Else it wouldn't be a struggle. You're trying to do well, and the evil seems to be overcoming you. That's a spiritual struggle. How do I know? Because man was created to reign over the works of the flesh. Not succumb to them. But you cannot change, or, or I should say, overcome, and, and listen, save your notes if what you want to tell me is that your cousin so-and-so dropped all the weight using ex, uh, somebody's this and doing this, that, and the other, and they've never had an issue with it again. That would say to me that the excess weight was not the issue. If you can overcome it naturally, it's not your issue. It's a symptom. Why do you say that? Why do I say that? I, look, I see that look on her face like, huh, where is this coming from? Because if you can do it in your flesh, it's not your problem. It's not a struggle. I have friends, you know, that they, they gain the weight. And they go, oh, I just need to do, they have self-control in that area. And they just go right on ahead and drop the weight. And it's not a problem for them because the weight is not the problem. That's not their spiritual, that's not the spiritual issue that they deal with. Now you talk to that same person, either about their finances or about their love life or about their inability to get ahead or this or that. That's where the struggle is. Can you see it? We all succeed in certain things, and it's like, look, I, I don't have an issue with this. So, you know, it's not like, oh, everything's just a super spiritual problem for me. No, it's not. There are certain things that you have a natural bent towards that are a part of our strength. But if you rely on it, if you rely on it, Samson was supernaturally, naturally strong. But it took the power of God. He didn't know about his hair thing. He knew, but he didn't connect to it because he became so used to being what he was. His, his problem was not um, 
his natural strength or supernatural strength, his issue was his temper. That's part of what his issue was. He would fly off the handle. He would fly into a rage. He was controlled by his emotions. That's why he could flirt with that woman and be, and, and be but, but he was falsely lured into the security of his strength. But that's why this woman could worry him because she hit that nerve. He gave up the information because he was weary of being, you see, pushed that way. She was the only person he didn't use his anger for. Okay, but that's not the issue right now. But can you see what I'm saying? You know, there are some things that you have a natural proclivity toward and you, you succeed in it and it's like, I'm all, I have a great memory, I have this, I have that. And you never have a problem in those areas because that's, and so you grow strong in that. It's the weak areas. It's the places in our lives where we, I just, I mean, I've tried, and this is the area where you give up. You don't give up in, in areas of being strong because you're strong. It's the areas of weakness that you say, I have tried and I have tried and I have tried and it just doesn't work. So I'm just going to forget. It's a coping mechanism now. I'm just going to accept it for what it is and continue on. That is your area where you overcome. People that come around with, um, they change the atmosphere in a negative. You know, you're happy until they come in and then dang, they've just brought in the smell and everything just, that person has an issue with um, obedience and, and, and pride and, and whatever it is or people that don't want to grow up. You know, Peter Pan was cute as a movie, but I would never want to be with that guy. A man that doesn't want to grow up? A woman that wants to stay a girl? I don't care what gender you are. If you have to work with them, live with them, talk to them, deal with them, it can be very frustrating. You're, you're a, 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 let me make up an age. You're a thousand-year-old infant. As I know, nobody's close to a thousand. <laughs> nobody's lived a day. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the weakness. This is where grace to overcome comes into being. Guys, I'm running out of time. I didn't even get to what I wanted. Well, I didn't know what I wanted. My enemy is too strong for me, Psalm 18, 17, but you will deliver me. That enacts the power, releases, activates the power of grace. You will deliver me. Romans chapter, what is that, 7? I've done this, I've tried this, this, that. In the very beginning of his, of his ministry time, and Paul's talking about, oh, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And then he activated the power of grace, Romans 8, 1. I thank my God. He is the one that will deliver me. Grace activated in our lives. And grace Activated does not mean we sit passively by. It means now I can get in here and start to co-labor with him, with God, to get this stuff to take this sucker down. Because otherwise what happens is you whine and you cry and you go, oh, this is the reason, and then I go into the courts and I get this done, get released from this, come out of this and do this and all the stuff that you do, and then I go home and just eat a bowl of potato chips. <laughs> which I did not do but haven't eaten them in a long time so 
But do you see what I'm saying? You cannot read. This is where repentance. Now grace is working to do the fighting. So repentance, the changing of the brain, the changing of the thinking has to also, you know, we got to go on all, what is it? Um, fire up all the pistons or whatever it is. You know, everything's got to be fired up. It's not, okay, I fired up the left side, but the right side's going to rest. No, everything's got to be going at one time. We're, uh, all of the rockets, all the engines, everything's fired up because we're going to take off. We're going to go. And if we're going to go, we're going to have to deal with, okay, this is going to work on this part and it's all spirit. And how, do, but, but how, how, how do we do this? Pray in the spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, as I said, you're not praying in just your language of your understanding. It's like, my God, it'll take a long time to go through that whole list because I gotta go over here. Plus, I gotta remember everything. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. And He says, We wanna deal with this and this and this and this and this and this and all of it at once. And it does what? What, what happens in those languages is that every heavenly assistant that is required. Front lines, people! Front lines! Front lines, people! Front lines! Why? Because this one has decided to win. Whoa. Not fight. Win. You never go into a fight from a position of defeat. You take the victory. That's where we are. Last questions? Anybody, everybody, this is your time. <laughs> is this connecting? Yes. Words. By the way, speaking in the spirit is the release of a torrent of words. Whose words? God's words. The words that he knows are strategically necessary and to be released to get us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And he shows you the picture. The Bible tells us that Jesus looked beyond the cross, despising the shame for the glory that was set before him. If Jesus had just been of, of the mind, which many of us have been, I just want to get through this. Then he can't get to that. We get limited in our understanding of what a victory is. We just want to win this. Just get this over with and I'll be fine. No, because that's not your destination. It's not supposed to be a permanent stop. You will never reach a destination on a road trip. If we had stopped in Arizona, we wouldn't have made it to Oklahoma when we drove my daughter back to school. You stop to do the things that you do to let something out and to take something in. So you go to the potty and then you go to the restaurant, right? You get your stuff for the road and you get back up. You put gas in the car and you keep going. Because we're going someplace. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I think all of this about having a picture and and having the words, I didn't make the connection that when we're praying in the Spirit, that the Spirit will do that for us. So I don't have to, I can just go into it. Yeah. You say, I'm here. 
Why not ask, you know, I love that line from Old Hollywood. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. You know, she said, who was that, Tallulah Bankhead? No, I don't recall who said, uh, no, it was, um, oh, somebody can look it up. But she's, uh, was it Norm, Norma? I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. It's a quote, but that was her, the actor. I think it was Norma, somebody in that movie. Um, anyway, never mind. All about what's her face, probably. Any all about Ruth? All about Joan? All about somebody look it up, please. I'm I'm, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Demille. Just tell me where it came from because I just want to know. All right, it's not pertinent, relevant, but it's like Holy Spirit. I'm ready for more. I you want to take me on this great adventure? This is intimacy with God we're talking about, and this I didn't read it tonight, but this pleases the Father. Jesus is going from adventure to adventure. He's spending, what do you think he's doing when he's going up into the hills praying? Oh, heavenly father. Uh, I mean, come on. No. He was human like all of us. He had to be seeing some amazing stuff. He delighted in spending time with the father because the father is fun. Nobody wants to spend time in, in the face of a, a, a rude, mean Lightning-bearing disciplinarian. You got it, Armita? Yeah, I think it was from the movie Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. Thank you. I got half of it right. I knew it was Norma. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard. There you go. Thank you, people. See? Okay, I let you use your internet for something else. But but I want you to really challenge this. Your, your assignment, this is still keeping in with Hebrews chapter 12. Because how do I get rid of this stuff? By going to the Spirit of God and saying, okay, let's do this. Now, it means that you're going to have moments of high emotional angst. When you discover what a treacherous little ninny you've been. I've been de that deceived. Well, why are you even trusting me with this word? I, I went through that last, you know, past couple of days. It's like, well, if I'm that stupid, why would you ever want me to preach? This is ridiculous. I, I can't be trusted. This is awful. That's what your emotions say. And I let it be known. My emotions are feeling this, but I ain't buying it. He is a jackass. I got a little more going for me than that. Okay? A lot more, because I got Jesus. That's how he does it. So, But why did I say it? Because I exposed it. It's been there for a long time. And it has been eating away at purpose and destiny. So we bring this stuff out and go, you will. I mean, you know, when they take out your appendix, they don't make schedule a, a second surgery to put it back in. <laughs> so we remove this stuff and then have it removed. Also, they don't put it in, well, unless you're weird, they don't put it in a bag for you to take home so that you can put it on the mantle. Gross. Okay, I do know some people who like to save their stones, but I don't get that. Because nobody <laughs> pays you for them, and it's like not really the greatest conversation that you've ever had with anybody either. So if you have them, hmm, okay. My did you have a, did. <laughs> people do. Did you have a question? Because, well, I think some of those stones, not gall stones, but the other stones, they pass those. Kidney, Kidney stones. And they're just really impressed with that. <laughs> it's more like I went through hell, so somebody's gonna see it. Okay, <laughs> I can prove it. It's in this jar. Did you have a question, Crystal? Yeah. Uh, what was, you she just said the Lord was re this reading 
The homework again goes back to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Passion Translation. Because it says, the, let's get rid of these wounds. And now I'm saying, how do we do it? Because you've had a couple of weeks, and most of you, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, you know, or if you don't know, we'll get into it now. We talk to the Spirit of God. But focus prayer. I'm wounded someplace. I don't know where. You don't know, okay? You don't necessarily know where. But you know that it's there because you're always reactionary. Because, because the wound itself fights for you. And nobody can tell you anything on certain areas of your life. Whether it's forgiveness, letting go of bitterness, doing this or doing that. Because the wound is always out there with this little tiny plastic fork of a sword. Trying to jab at people and say, you stay away from this, you stay away from this territory. It's like, get out of the way. Because I have to come forth. And we'll talk about it some more. But what I'm saying is that the Spirit of God, He makes intercession. Go to Romans 8, I think it is. The Spirit Himself makes intercession. And say to Him, Holy Spirit, this is what it says. Would you do that? Make intercession for me. Make intercession for me to break through so that grace is activated in my life so that I'm no longer struggling with this. It's time to overcome. I have that work to do. I have, you know, these things here that I have to do. And you know what? If you need a friend to help you, then ask. Ask for help. Don't everybody ask me. <laughs> I'd be very busy. But I'm happy to be one of your, your buddies to get you out of the trench. Because we don't come at this. When you go to Holy Spirit, when we come to Him, when we go to God, that automatically puts us in the position of the victory. It doesn't put us in the position of looking up at the hill or the mountain, hoping that there's some way, oh, I hope that this would work. Oh, that's the wrong hope. No, it's the expectation that when I come to him, that those that come to God are, and believe that God is are rewarded. And that God is just as interested in getting this out of me and out of my life as I am. In fact, he's more so, and he'll even show me the picture that's beyond. I'm not going to settle for just getting rid of this. I want to manifest as a son. Because it pleases the Father to say, look at my sons in the earth doing the work of the kingdom. So don't let your vision be so small that all you're thinking about is just washing one little part. Get the whole thing immersed. It allows you to be used. It allows you to break through first. And yes, definitely, much will come through you because you're a vessel of honor. You got it? It gives you hope in him. It gives you expectation. And I think it brings some excitement to our lives too. Like, woo! What are you doing Friday night? Hanging out with Ben and Jerry? Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I have plans. Yes, I have plans. Well, did you want to hang out? Not tonight. I actually, I got an appointment. got to go. I'm going to get in there with this word. And I'm not going to just be sitting and reading the Bible. Which is fine. But I am going to go in here and I have some eating to do. Okay, he said that this is what he does. And it turns automatically to Romans 12. But uh, he said, okay, this is what he does. 
You've said nothing separates me. You've said that this is what you want to do for me. you said that I'm not in the flesh but in the spirit because the spirit of God dwells in me. So the spirit of God yearns after me to, for me to be the success that he put me here to be. Bring me into this conversation with you where I become what I was from the beginning instead of what I've been right now. Is everybody clear? The basic bottom line, if you can't figure all that out, is just go talk to the Holy Spirit about you and let him show you. Let the Father, let the Son, let the Spirit of the living God show you how multidimensional you are and how amazing this plan is. It means that there are some things that we let go of. It means that there are sins, mistakes, wrong beliefs, deceptions, whatever, that we have been believing our whole lives that are going to be brought up to our face. Do not be ashamed, even if you're vilely disgusted. <laughs> just say, okay, let's just fling that little cling on away. And some of them are sticky, so let the blood cleanse your hand. The blood of Jesus. And I'm going to keep coming back. It hurts. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But it's the best hurt you'll ever know. Because he's getting all these things off of us and out of us. And then he'll fill it with himself. I'm not going to tell you that you will immediately see the picture. But you'll see enough to keep going. And to keep going. And you'll be healed along the way. Healed as you go. Made whole as you go. So I'm challenging you. And then I, I would say, I'm going to give you, uh, somebody, make sure you pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Today is the 5th of June. Man, I didn't finish any of this stuff. <laughs> so funny. Today is the 5th of June. Let's say the uh, either the 19th or the 26th of June, we'll have testimonies. We'll have testimonies. Because you'll be able to say, this is where I was. And I'll have testimonies too, because I'm also doing this. I think this is one of the best invitations, and it's great because this ministry is about to go on a 21-day fast, starting on Sunday. And this fast, if you were on the 5 a.m. prayer call, you heard about it, is about our words. So for 21 days, there will be 21 different scriptures that we are going to meditate on, and we're fasting the way that we talk. To stop talking the way the world talks and to speak what the king says. To bring the kingdom of God into our lives and into this ministry more so. I want to see people in this ministry flourish. I know Dr. Baker does. To manifest is what you're called to, not just always be a hopeful. You know, sometimes we can sound like little kids. One day when I grow up, Little girls that are very flat-chested look at older girls and go, one day I'm going to have, I'm going to stick out too. And you wonder, what will I look like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm a big girl, when I'm a grown-up? I'm not going to touch what guys think. But um, this is what girls, you know, most of the time we, we wonder, what will I look like when I'm a woman? A man might, a boy, young boy might think, will I have whiskers or will I have this or that? Will I have muscles? Will I be strong too? And some of you in this ministry, 
in ministry or God has called you and you said okay and then you sat down waiting for him to recruit you which means you haven't gotten very far at all and you're still sitting in the same poopy diaper because you haven't grown up and realized it means potty training and all of the other things and dressing yourself and tying your shoes after he teaches you how and I said all that to say so instead of being in a holding pattern, let's come out of it. We say, I want action. I want to see the building. I want to see this. All the things that we're about to, to decree and declare. I want to see this stuff happening. Well, we're part of the activation. Activate you. Yes, you have your husbands, your children, your this and your that. That still, you know, we want to see this happening for them. And we want to see that happening for them. And we will. We will. But I tell you what, you manifest as who you're supposed to be. It inspires other people. I'd rather be an inspiration to others than, um, how would you say, a nag. Right? Okay, any questions? And you can do this because, just because Holy Spirit knows how to do it and because... Um, he is the one, he gives us the grace, right? Yes? I just wanted to uh, confirm, um, you said on, on Sunday um, that there there's going to be uh, starting a fast. Yes. That's for 21 days? Yes, it's a word fast, it's not a food fast. Okay, a, a word fast. Okay. Yeah, so there's going to be 21 different scriptures. 21, it'll be on our website. On Sunday. Oh, on the website. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it on Sunday, yes. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Let me see if I can find what I'm looking for here. Any other questions? Okay. Any online? Nothing? Wow. Huh? Okay, well, we're done for tonight. I think that that was, um, that was fun. That was fun. I don't recall exactly what the prayer was at the beginning, but I believe he answered it, didn't he? <laughs> so we're going to get ready to receive the tithes and offerings and um, all that. I bring this notebook week after week, not because I actually plan to use it, but because there's stuff in here, and one day I might actually want them, some of it. See, I have all, like, you've seen my little scripture book many times, and and things of that sort. And it does come in handy when I'm looking for certain things. But a lot of this, this is a lot of the work that I put into um, pursuing. But I've learned, I've, there's a, I taught a message many years ago called Utterly Destroy Your Enemy. And the king was told to strike with the, uh, with the arrow, I believe it was, to strike the ground. And um, he struck three times. And the prophet told him, I believe it was Elisha, um, the prophet told him, you know, if you had given it the gusto, if you had gotten yourself in a, in, a, in a place of determination to see your enemy, if you had passion to see your enemy annihilated, and you could have wiped it out. But instead, you've settled for the lesser. 
And I've been that king, okay? I've settled for the lesser instead of... Um, Uh, you can bring your tithing stuff up and I'll speak the words I'm going to speak to the folks. Uh, praise you, God. You know, like I said, it, it was in 1 Samuel 15 where Saul was told to utterly destroy Amalek. Uh, but he didn't. Um, he compromised. And I've done that. That's, that's one of those forms. In 2 Kings 13 is what I was talking about. That the king was told. And Elisha told him. He put his hand. The prophet put his hand on the hands of the king. And he, this is 2 Kings 13. And he told him, open the window. Shoot the arrow. And then he said, that's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance that you just shot out. And then he said, and the arrow, and, and it's the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you shall smite the Syrians until you have consumed. And then he said, now take the arrows. And he took and he said to the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. Now you just got a word saying you can utterly defeat these people. He said, now strike on the ground. The passion of the word, the truth of the word, was sufficient to have him say, God says, I came to deliver. I sent my word to deliver. This is your time of deliverance. Now, step into it and take hold of your destiny. And he hit it three times and stopped as though that should be enough. And the man of God was really, really overcome with anger to tell him, what, you little whip, my words, you should have hit the ground. You should have struck it five or six times. You should, have, you should have put more into it. Because if you did, then you would have destroyed Syria or you would have beat at Syria, hit at Syria until you had consumed it. That's the grace to overcome. Grace is not given to us to go, okay, well, praise God for the grace. And he brought me through and this is enough. It's like, no, I never, God never shows up to just give us the world's level of anything. And we have stopped too often, but for the last time, settling for what man can do instead of taking hold of what God wants to do. So I encourage us to stir up our passion for him and for this life, you're not too old. I don't care what your chronological age is. You can do more than just this. You've got plans for your future. Now it's time to hit it and say, what do I need to do? What is it that you want to say to me? And you pray in the spirit until you see yourself do it. I don't mean just talk about it. It's time for you to remember inside what you are like, because this is not you. 
This is your time. You go look at him. I mean, you pray in the spirit. You say, okay, I want to see this. And he'll show you. He'll show you all the way to the new car and the whatever else it is. But it's not even about the car. It's you on the golf course. You running around here or the new building and doing the things. Because this is not you. If it were you, that'd be different. Oh, well, you know, you're older now. I guess it should be fine. You've had your time of activity. That is not you. And nobody going to put you in a home and come visit. Okay? I can say that to her because she knows I love her, but also the truth of the matter is it's like, I can help you get your gumption and get your fight. If that's what you want, I will help you because I care about, and just like you help me. It's not one-sided. I am a visible representation. And so every week I'm telling those of you that are watching here, keep tuning in because I'm going to change and change and change. Why? Because I... I got hold of something tonight I wasn't even looking for, but it's on God's agenda yes. that in 2019, Astounding Love at Church Fellowship and more than enough ministries, the sons of God manifest yes. to do what we were called to do. Our apostle is sent and she's got to go so that therefore we, me and you, if I got to grow up, you got to grow up. <laughs> So that we can all hang together and be superheroes, superhumans, you know, manifesting, changing the, the legislation in the spirit realm so that the Father is pleased. So I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee. Thank you, uh, those of you that have joined us tonight, 1914 Trades on Boulevard in San Jose, California. I'm going to say all this now so that when I say bye, I can just say bye. 408 uh, and uh, at the corner of Trade Zone and Ringwood Avenue in San Jose. The website is www.astoundinglove.org. Yeah, I was going to say Astounding Love Church Fellowship, but that's not the website. <laughs> Astoundinglove.org. There's two buttons that you might be interested in. One says, contact us. You press that button and send an email. We have, and we have buildings, buildings, houses, houses and everything else and everything that is added to us, according to Matthew 6.33. Ah, that's our standard. That's our standard for everything that we expect. So when we tell the harvesting angels, go forth and cause these things to come. Now, we know that they're doing just what we said. Because our expectation is rooted in our king. Why do we know this is true? And so the Lord does bless you. He blesses these offerings. We speak and we say in the name of Jesus that they are given as a sacrifice to you upon the trading floor, upon the, the coals of fire, the fiery stones for you to accept because we desire that every seed, every offering, lift those up please, every offering that is given into this house, Father, it is our desire that they be offerings that you accept. We desire that you receive, that you accept it as, an, uh, as a, a sweet savor to your nostrils. That anything that was given out of dr uh, drudge, uh, grudging or bitterness or any other thing, that, those, that all of those seeds are cleansed by the blood of Jesus so that it becomes holy and acceptable to you. Oh God, we want you to receive from this house so that your pleasure and your will is here 
and you can release the blessing. So we thank you now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He says he does receive, and he is pleased. And I'll tell you what my sense is. He's pleased by the willingness and the hunger. When you, when I, whoever the vessel is, is releasing the word, and you and I show the hunger and the determination, I'm going to get this. It pleases the Father that he has found a people that want to hear what he says and make room for him to come in and do in our lives what he desires to do so that his pleasure is complete. And we're happy too. If God is happy, everybody's happy. Okay. So we thank you for joining us tonight. We invite you to see uh, Be With Us Sunday. It's First Fruit Sunday. And we're going to have really a great time in Biblical Solutions for Life beginning at 945 uh, is the first session. Session 2 starts at 1145 a.m. and it is our own Apostle Dr. Baker. So I am Pastor Lindsay Lee. These are the people of Astounding Love at Church Fellowship. Thanking you for hanging in there with us. Until the next time, we bless you and say goodnight. Say goodnight, y'all. Goodnight. Good night. Good night.